Okay, so Colin is uh, having a family weekend down in sunny Sligo and uh, seeing the relations down there. So I am here today and I am doing another message on the series of Faith Full, F-U-L-L. And the, the word that Colin has been using uh, and, and going over and over again is the, the Greek word for faith, which is pistis, which his definition of that would be fully convinced or fully persuaded by God. All right? So in, in preparation for the message, I asked the Spirit, well, what do we as a, a people need fully convinced of? Asked the question. And he came back with 1 Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight of faith. So this morning's application is fight the good fight of being fully convinced, fully persuaded by God. That's where we're going. That's where we're headed. All right? Uh, this is going to be a message of simplicity. It's going to be a message of impartation. What does that mean? That means that I have something to give you uh, by the Spirit, by faith. I am fully persuaded and fully convinced that I have something to, to give you. I don't want to uh, stand and justify and validate why that's the case. But it's a faith thing. It's a fully convinced thing. It's a fully persuaded thing by God. I'm not working myself up. I'm not getting excited. So it's simple. There will be impartation. And there will be provocation. Forward slash uh, conviction, where the Spirit goes, yeah, yeah, I see, yeah, you need to do something with that. Not condemnation or accusation, which is the, the, uh, the devil going all over you and just feel like slime, and, uh, but it's about specifics, okay? Um, so I was doing some summer reading, and uh, as you may or may not do, I was reading a book by, uh, it was 20 years late for a book by Tommy Tenney called God Chasers. And in that he says that truth is where God has been and revelation is where God is. So I thought, yeah, don't know I totally embrace it in its totality, but what he's articulating, I really get, all right? Uh, we don't want past truth. We want present truth. We want personal truth. We want to own it, have it, connect with it, believe it, okay? So we're looking for revelation and application. Because if we get the revelation and application and we own it and we know it, then if we know the truth, the truth will set us free. And in Christ Jesus, we are free indeed. And uh, that's the one word indeed, but also the plain words is indeed. If we get it, if we own it, then we start to live it. We start to do the truth that sets us free. So, how aware are we that we are in a 24-7 fight? The Greek word for fight is the root word for agony, right? So how many of us are aware that we're in a 24-7 fight? How often do you feel mercilessly attacked or mugged or persecuted or bullied or slimed or accused or fill in the blanks? How much has that feeling and attitude and reality to do with the deception and denial that we are in a war with the enemy's sole intention to steal, kill, and destroy. We're just, we're just in denial that the reality is that we're in a war. We're just deceived that actually it's a war. And if we don't 
embrace the fact that it's a war, then what we feel like is that we're caught in some sort of uh, scene from Transformers. You listen to that, Pastor? There's your film reference. Uh, Transformers uh, are a Marvel film where there's some cosmic battle going on. And we're caught in the crossfire and the collateral damage of what's going on. Right? That is the attitude and the worldview of a civilian. We're not called to be civilians. We're called to be in a war. We may not like it. We may not want to embrace it. But we're called to be in a war. And therefore, if our attitude is that we're a civilian, we're just getting caught up in all this, we've got the wrong attitude and we're missing and not embracing and not fully convinced and fully persuaded that we are in a fight. Now, it also says that the fight is good. And if the root word for fight is agony, and how can, be, how can that be good? Well, because of what it produces. So what it produces in us is reality, hope, maturity, destination disciples. So all churches should be de- full of destination disciples that are heading towards the destination, Jesus Christ, his fullness, his maturity, his ministry. It produces overcomers. It produces warriors. It produces water walkers. And then it, it, it also, Christ, as a result of the fight and how we witness to how we have coped and expressed ourselves in the fight, it proclaims Jesus, lifts him up, demonstrates his presence, his power, his authority, and his love. All right? We fight the good fight of being fully convinced, fully persuaded by God, by standing, by standing. Ephesians 6, 10 to 17. Now in Scripture, when a word or a phrase is repeated over and over again, it's very, very significant. When it's repeated twice, it's significant, but it's been repeated over and over and over again. We need to get a handle on it. We need to realize it. We need to appreciate it. So Ephesians 6, 10 to 17 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Who would like to be strong in the Lord and his mighty power? How is that possible? How do we do that? Put on the full armor of God because we're in a war. We're not civilians. We're in a war. We're not in civvies. We're in battle fatigues. We're in a war 24-7. So that you may take your stand against the enemy's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground. And after having done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace in addition to all this take up the shield of faith the shield of pistis the shield of being fully convinced fully persuaded by God which with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The call is to fight, and the call is to stand. I don't start the day without putting on my armor. 
I, it started many years ago when at a, a Billy Graham uh, satellite event in North Belfast, I watched a Methodist minister explode in front of him. He didn't literally explode, but he just went completely ballistic over something. His face was the, the, the color of Helen's top. It was just like, what on earth is going on? And what I realized was it's not on earth. It's a, there's just something crazy happening. It was just... And ever since that, I realized this is a, we're in a war. And so I put my armor on, and sometimes I put it on uh, physically. I'm going to talk a bit about physical stuff a little bit later on. Uh, so uh, when I finish my prayers, I put on the belt of truth and the uh, breastplate of righteousness and feet shod of the gospel peace and the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Works for me. Okay. Uh, we love the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our mind, and with all our strength. And if you think that physically expressing yourself doesn't help your spirit, well, okay, that's fine. But I assure you that it does. Uh, and, uh, and the way I'm wired, uh, it particularly helps me. So that's what I do. Uh, okay, so uh, stand in other translations is uh, hold your ground, stand your ground, stand up to everything, be prepared, stand ready, withstand, still be standing, resist. So we're getting that. It's not like I'm standing, you know, waiting for a, you know, it's, I'm, we're standing, we're bracing ourselves, we're, we're not moving from this spot. This is where I stand. Okay? Just want to touch about the shield of faith. Last week, the ministry application was the shield of faith. Now get this. The shield of faith, the shield of being fully convinced, fully persuaded by God, right? The Greek word is to take up the shield or to raise up the shield of faith, okay? And then the next phrase is, with which you can extinguish. Now in that is the word uh, in the Greek, dunamis, right? Which means, is where we get the, the root word dynamite. It means power, so I, I sort of knew it, but I sort of missed it. So what it's saying in, in the Scripture is, you know, if you, if you get the shield up, it's not saying that. That's not what it, it's saying is, if you raise the shield of faith, you will extinguish. Or in other translations, it is uh, put out, quench, stop. It's not an if or it's a maybe, but you get the field up or the shield up, all those flaming arrows will just hit your shield and they will just fizzle out. It's not like, oh, well, I'm resisting. No, oh, it's really, it's, you put that shield of faith up and it is like something out of the, the, the Marvel. Is it, Cap, I'm not in the Marvel at all. Uh, Captain America with a shield. Wonder Woman has a shield. Wonder Woman doesn't have a shield. No, not Wonder Woman. Okay, all right, not to forget that. Uh, not into it. Um, okay, so, but it's all, it says in Scripture, all the flaming arrows, not some all. What would that be like? What would that be like if we were fully convinced about our shield of faith? The accusations, the, excuse me, the lies, the temptation, the hassle, the flack, the annoyance, the assignment of the evil one, John 10, 10, to kill, steal, and destroy. Ah, it's all coming. Shield up. Bing. It's done. It's not like there's contesting and there's, there's fighting as well. The shield's up and they're done. Extinguished. Stopped. 
We're getting a vision for how important faith is and how effective it is. Sometimes we feel it's like a, a little uh, maybe plastic toy that we're trying to rather than realize this is a, we get a handle and get fully convinced of this stuff. The hassle and the crap stops. It stops. Now, it may be hitting uh, the, the window of our, our lives. We may even might hear it hitting it, but it stops. It stops affecting us. It stops knocking us off track. It stops distracting us, uh, condemning us, accusing us, making us feel we're not up to anything or not able to do anything. We stand, and we stand strong. We need to stand. We fight the good fight of being fully convinced, fully persuaded by God by remaining. Remaining. Repetition again, John 15, 48. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Remain. Other translations, the word is abide, remain united, share my life, grow in me, take care to live in me, remain in life union in me, intimately joined. Intimately joined. Connection, remaining and standing. So how do we stand and, and remain in the, the fight of being fully convinced, persuaded by God? Well, it's, it's founded, it's funded, and it's fueled by relationship, in worship, in the Word, and in prayer. Prayer, the, the generic description of prayer, two-way communication. If it's not born out of relationship, it just becomes religion. So we're just singing songs. We're just getting head knowledge of what Scripture says, or we're just doing a one-way uh, shopping list of prayer for our agenda that we want to get fulfilled by the Lord. We use these three components, worship, prayer, and uh, the Word, uh, so we can know more, uh, so that we can uh, be more intimately connected with Him, and He can be more intimately connected with us. Now, get this. We go over this all the time. There's head knowledge, and there's heart knowledge. Now, my two boys, my two grandsons, Noah and Charlie, Noah's uh, coming for, he's, he's sharp, kid and he's getting a lot of things, but he doesn't really know me. He doesn't know the details of my life that much. He knows where I work. He knows that I ride a bike. He knows that sometimes I swim. Uh, he knows that I'm a great laugh, uh, and he knows that uh, we can have uh, uh, fun together. That, that's about what he, he knows, right? Charlie knows even less, right? And collectively, you would know a lot more about me, and if you did a, a questionnaire, you would do much better. And uh, uh, Mark, who, who I haven't seen in 25 years, uh, could probably answer a lot more questions than my grandchildren could, right? But when I walk into that room, and they go, Papa! Or Hillary walks in the room, which winds her up in the end, and they go, Where's Papa? 
right? They don't care. They're not interested in head knowledge. It's Papa. They want, they know me. I know them. We are to, that's what we're looking for. If we're looking for Scripture just to know Scripture, it just puffs us up with pride and often can really, really, really confuse us. But if we know, we know just one Scripture and we own it, it will give us life, it will give us freedom. we got to know intimate knowing. And those three components are inter, interwoven. So worship is prayer as we remind God. So we sang today, if you went through the, the, the worship set list, you could find Scripture coming out, sometimes two or three Scriptures per line, uh, because we're singing paraphrases of Scripture back to the Lord. The Word is so often a foundation of our worship and our prayer. And prayer is two-way communication. As we get into the, the Word and we're worshiping, often we're able to express ourselves to Him, and He's able to express Himself to us. Now, a little bit of personal uh, transparency about worship, okay? As I've said early, earlier, for me, a physical thing is important. And for me, it is heart expression, okay? We're whole beings, heart, soul, mind, and strength, okay? I am not, when I'm at the front of the church, trying to impress, awe, amuse, offend, embarrass anyone. I am fighting. I am standing, and I am remaining. Last song that we sang. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Second Corinthians, uh, or Second Chronicles 20, uh, we sing it in Jericho as well, just as the uh, 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 as the armies came in, uh, worship went up, and, and they scattered. I am saying in intimate relationship with him, you are for me, you are around me. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And I get my shield up, and sometimes I do get my hands up, my shield up. I am expressing that, the reality of that in my life. I'm not trying to do some uh, moves. I'm just, I'm expressing that. I'm shouting because yes, yes. This is real. I want him to know, although he already knows. I want everybody to know that are listening that might give me hassle, that I have my shield up. Not today, Sonny Jims. It ain't happening. Because I have my shield up, and those arrows are going to just be extinguished. Worship for me is my number one application of James 4, 7. James 4, 7 says that submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, when it says flee, it doesn't mean, yeah, we better clear off then. It is they, it's like screaming, fleeing, because they can't get near us, because we're submitting to God, and in that submission, they go. So my default, my position, my spiritual response situation to anything or anyone, if at all possible, is to worship. I default to worship, whether I'm in bed, I'm on the loo, I'm in the toilet, I've just got a phone call or a text about something really bad, really serious, really sad. My default position is to worship. Now, I don't stick on the CD player, and I don't hit the tuning fork and try and hit the note. I just worship because it's a heart worship. It could be in my head, but that is my default position. 
my default position. We need to release in this church, we need to release in every church the spirit of David. And we need to cut down and extinguish the, the spirit of religion and the spirit of Michael that goes, no, whoa, you can't behave like that. You can't do those things. We've got to worship with passion. We've got to worship with recklessness. Now, that might be stand perfectly still in your seat, right? God bless you if that's it, right? But that may also be for some of you to let loose a little bit. Let go a little bit. I'm not talking about being distracting. I'm not trying to get every uh, to look at me. I'm talking about an expression, a heart expression that comes out in a physical experience. Okay? So if you're going, because uh, inside your head, no, my mother could see me. Ooh, that wouldn't look good. Or I, I, I don't, I, I've never done it before. But you want to do it. Well, this is a safe place. Do that. Or when you get the small groups, do that in small groups. When you know everybody's got their eyes closed because they're all looking at you and you know their eyes are closed. Sometimes, the first time I put my hand up, it was like, I'm putting my hand up. Oh, wow, I'm putting my hand up, right? Now I'm putting my hand up. And just, if any, just again, this is a transparency. This, uh, sometimes you may see me do that, right? That's sign language for I love you, all right? Okay, which I... Uh, a really good friend, the late, great George Grun, Grun, Grindle, explained to me, uh, it's I love you. So sometimes in worship, I, I just do that. It's not anything sort of heavy metal sort of stuff, right? <laughs> but I would love to meet somebody who goes to get here to me and I just go, yeah, in Jesus' name. <laughs> okay, right. Biblical example of standing and remaining. Fighting the good fight of being fully convinced and persuaded by God. Just got to love the guy, Caleb, right? Caleb is a slave in Egypt. Caleb sees the 10 plagues. Caleb participates in the looting of a superpower. He sees the pillars of cloud by day and the pillars of fire by night. He's one of the 12 spies selected to go into the promised land. He gets to walk in the promised land. He gets to taste the fruit. He gets to, uh, maybe he had, to, had a shift where that, they brought uh, a, a bunch of grapes that were so big that it said it had to be carried on a stick between two people's shoulders. Maybe he had that uh, uh, privilege of carrying that because they maybe had to carry it from some, some distance. Maybe he sneaked himself a wee one, right? Or maybe he had a whole bunch before he actually went. But he got to be there. He got to experience that. And he got, got to, in Numbers 13.30, declare, let us go and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. When the rest of the spies, except Joshua, said, nah, we're fearful. We don't want to participate in that. We don't want to do that. We don't want to go there. Spread fear throughout the camp. And the long story short is that an entire generation had to die out before Caleb could get into the promised land. Can you imagine what that would have been like in his tent? There's another guy that I went to school with, died. There's another one, there's another one. And then as, as the numbers get less and less, how do you cope with that? What do you do with that? I put to you that he stood and he remained. And he emerged from the narrative of having disappeared in Numbers 13, 30 to come back in 
Joshua 14, 11, at 85 years of age to say, I'm just as strong, I'm just as vigorous as I ever was. Let's go and take the land. Because he stood and he remained. You know what I'd be like that? That gets me stirred. So there's a guy, so will I? I will. I beat the world record holder last Saturday. I did. I did. He, not, this is the truth. I beat the world record holder, the current world record holder I beat last Saturday. He's 72. He's held it for, he's held it for 12 years. He is the Ironman champion. And Desi, if it, by any chance you happen to be listening to this, I don't know why you're listening to the podcast, but you are an inspiration to me. Because the first time I saw him go across the line uh, uh, a few months ago, I said, there's Desi, 72 years old, and he's still at it. I went, 72, Yes. 85, hitting the line of speed, yes, yes. I want to grow old recklessly in a band. I want to be standing up in this church when there's a lot more people here, when there's generations of, of children and their children's children who have experienced the presence of God, the vision statement that we start to walk in the, the promised land of prioritizing God's presence as a community known for his love reproducing disciples of Jesus who manifest Holy Spirit power here, near, and far. I want to be that person. Why? Because I have a call to the promised land. Like we have a call to the promised land. A personal call to the promised land, which is about the fullness of Christ in us, the hope of glory, uh, the, the desire, the ability to be like him in maturity and in ministry to do the things that he did, but also the promised land of this church to be that, to live that, to taste that. And how do we do that? We have to stand and we have to remain. Are you fully convinced, fully persuaded by God to fight the fight of faith? Uh, don't know about that. Are you surrounded? But it doesn't feel like God because your faith shield's not up. And it's, it's difficult. It's painful. Don't know how to get, to get through it, over it, past it, around it. Just sometimes feel overwhelmed. Sometimes don't know whether I can get out of my bed in, in the morning. It just seems overwhelming. Let me finish with this story. 2 Corinthians, uh, 2 Kings 6, the story of the Aramean king who was trying to ambush the children of Israel. Every time he set up an ambush, uh, the, the children of Israel uh, just knew he was there and went somewhere else. This went on and on and on. He was getting seriously annoyed, thought there was a conspiracy in the camp, uh, went to his leaders, who is the leak in our camp? They said, it's not us. It's your man, Elisha. He's a, a prophet of the Lord. And he tells, uh, the Lord tells him and he tells him what to do. And that's how they know where we are, what our plans are, what we're trying to do. He said, send a force, get that guy. Where is he? He's in Dothan. Surround, surround the city, get him. Right? So Elisha is there with his servant. His servant, Yohans uh, gets up in the morning, opens the blinds and realizes, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. We are 
we are absolutely surrounded. And he says, Lord, we, we are surrounded. What are we going to do? And the prophet Elisha says, don't be afraid. There are more of us than there are of them. And he says, open his eyes, Lord. And at that moment, his eyes open, and he can see then in the surrounding hills the chariots and the horses of heaven, chariots of fire that surround them. We need a release. We need our eyes opened that whatever our situation, whatever we're finding difficult, hard to cope with, that our eyes are open to see there are more of us than there are of him. He that is in you is greater than he that is in the, in the world. We can do it. We can see it if we have eyes of faith. Okay, nothing. Do you want, I mean, do you really want to go after this war thing? Or do you, do you really, why, do, why is this guy, he does seem to talk about war a lot. Well, maybe it's because I have a pastoral heart to protect the people under my charge. I have a pastoral heart uh, to protect uh, people who are getting their kicked in left, right, and center day in, day out because they're walking about in their underpants in a war zone. Get armed if we're armed, if we're armed, if we're armed. And we get that shield up. It's not that we're having to fight it. It's done. The arrows are extinguished. It is done. It is over. It is finished. Please, stand with me. Do you need strength to stand this morning? Do you need a a greater heart to be able to go, Father, not caring about the theological position that he has in heaven or when he's coming back, but just because you're in love with him. You need more intimate connection with him. Do you need your eyes of faith open to see who you are, who's on your side, that you are an overcomer because Jesus Christ overcame If you can answer yes to any of those questions, please come forward. Or if you just want ministry, please come forward. We're going to worship, and then we're going to minister.